while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. tonight welcome to south coast tonight i'm marcus farrow 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening but we're going to start off uh the program you know there's an important issue that's been discussed uh, a lot lately um you know we talked to police union president uh evan bielski lieutenant evan bielski uh from new bedford police union and um he discussed this on on with chris and me on friday about the shortage of police officers in New Bedford, and they've been notifying people on social media um, of that. And so um, there's been some acceleration of the coverage since then. Uh, there was a, pre- a piece by Frank Mulligan, the Standard Times. Barry Richard had Brian Gomes on on Monday. So there's been a lot of conversation throughout the uh, about this throughout the um, the early days, the early hours of the week. And so I wanted to... Um, have city councilor at large and abrew join us uh to discuss this uh issue hey councilor how you doing hi marcus good afternoon how are you good uh so ian um just you know your general thoughts you're, you're obviously aware of the situation um just your general thoughts on the and of course you you know you field uh, concerns from constituents i don't know if anybody's reached out to you but what's your general thoughts on the situation with the police well, of course, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, of course, a lot of uh, our constituents have reached out to me, and I'm positive that they've reached out to many of my other colleagues, probably all of my colleagues, and I would hope the mayor's office. Here's the reality. Um, when we set our fiscal year 23 budget last year, uh, when I was the council president, we had budgeted uh, in this year's fiscal budget for 258 police officers mm-hmm. uh, to um to serve our community. As of today, uh, unfortunately, our numbers uh, of patrolmen and patrolwomen of the rank and file of the New Bedford Police Department are down to 211. And as soon as you creep to that 200 mark or right around there, you're flirting with very dangerous territory. That's 47 less than what we had budgeted for. Now, why are we 47 less than what we had budgeted for? It's a whole uh, host of reasons. Um, But some of it is retirement, absolutely. But a lot of it uh, has to do with other police departments in the neighboring uh, cities and towns all throughout Greater New Bedford, the South Coast, or even the Commonwealth, for lack of a better term, poaching uh, the men and women of our police department for better working conditions, better pay. And I know... You know, Evan was on your program, I believe, yesterday, and he and I have Friday. been having a lot of conversations about this. And as you know, and you pointed it out, they have been very active on social media to get the facts out there, to keep the public informed and engaged on all of the happenings. And I think I'm not speaking for Evan, but the conversations we've had, um, it looks as though from what we've discussed, they, he and his union and the rank and file they're looking to kickstart conversations for solutions and or changes that need to occur. Now, decreased staffing is creating issues with patrol areas going unfilled. As a result, 
other officers uh, are now having an additional workload put on them mm-hmm. and specialized assignments um, uh, are short staffed as well, like detectives, narcotics, and other departments, which are very important. And as a result, that equates to other services being diminished and those officers being overworked. Their ultimate goal, meaning the police union and the rank and file, the New Bedford City Council's um, goal, uh, and I would hope the administration's goal, would be to work collaboratively together to create solutions and to find ways to change from the current status quo. I mean, everyone knows that there is a hiring and retention crisis here in New Bedford, but I understand it's a national issue, but I'm elected and paid for with my stipend by the taxpayers of the city of New Bedford. So I'm going to key in on New Bedford, not uh, Boston or Springfield. All right. So everyone knows there's a hiring and retention crisis. And what can we do to mitigate uh, that issue? We know it's not easy. It'll take time. But I know they're willing to work with everyone. And and so is the New Bedford City Council. I mean, you know, you, you think about solutions and how to address this matter. I mean, one area we could look at, and I'm open to, is um, right now, and again, they've been without a contract for 18 months, which in my opinion is a disgrace, yeah. and the administration has to get to the table and get a deal done as soon as possible because uh, it's just, just not right. But what I want to get to is this. We, uh, when we have an academy, and the way the contract is mandated right now, even though they're without a contract, the way and it's pending, uh, when they're looking for negotiations for a new contract, it still falls back to the old agreement. And the old agreement states that if you want to be a new, a new New Bedford police officer, you have to live in the city of New Bedford for the first 10 years of your service. Now, when it comes to um, uh, folks working in the city of New Bedford, I do believe that... Um, folks should be living in the city of New Bedford uh, to try to be more community invested. I, I do believe in that, but I say in this case, we should really take a long, hard look at that, Marcus, in my opinion, because that is absolutely a deterrent from attracting good people to come here. So, so, think about this. I mean, if you want to be a New Bedford police officer, we have openings, we have an academy coming up. If you live in Lakeville or Dartmouth or where you live, Marcus, in Fairhaven, and say you've got children in those school systems and you have a home, and you have family there, why would you uproot them to come live in New Bedford when you already have roots set somewhere else? If you want to serve New Bedford and and create uh, a more safe environment for the residents and taxpayers of the city and you want to protect and serve, I don't see there being an issue with at least temporarily trying to either put a waiver in place for that clause or in the new uh, collective bargaining process, just getting rid of it. Ian, can you, can you just repeat that, that? I just want to be clear on that, that rule. Ten years? Um, Ten years, that is correct. If you become a New Bedford police officer, you yeah. are bound to live within the city limits for a, a decade. That is correct. That is that that is an unreasonable restriction on 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 high uh, on uh, uh, of employment. I think honestly. Well, and the thing about this too is if you live in say I'll, I'll say Lakeville or Freetown, we'd be asking someone to come here, yeah, serve and protect the city of New Bedford, move here, uproot yourself or your family, move into a city from somewhere else for less money and for substantially a higher risk <laughs> yeah, of right. your own health and safety. <laughs> yeah. That's it true. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. We have to have a better incentivizing package to have folks come here to live, work, uh, and play, and in this case, protect and serve. You know, policing is a noble profession. We all agree with that. 
I support the men and women of the Dubethic Police Department. I, I take no shame in uh, backing them publicly. However, and as I've said this publicly, I think on your program, and I think even with Tim, I've said it on social media, and I've told my friends who are police officers, and every one of them agrees with what I'm about to say. You can back the blue. You can back the police all while calling out, exposing, eradicating, and prosecuting the bad police officers. You can do that. That's okay. And I'll continue to do that. And I know the rank and file, the New Bedford Police Department will continue to do that. And that's all right. You can do that. You can do both. You can support a safe environment, a safe community, and call out the bad police officers. If there's a bad police officer in New Bedford or any community, we'll call them out. I'll be the first one to do that because there's no place for them here in the city of New Bedford or anywhere in the civilized world. But it shouldn't come at the cost of saying all police uh, are no good or we should defund them or we should not have this or we should not be supportive of them because to me that's not appropriate. Ian, um, so you're saying, okay, at least looking at revisiting that, um, that ordinance that you guys have in place that police officers have to live in the city for 10 years. I think that's a good, I think it's a good place to start. Um, but like you said, it's less money and higher risk. Uh, there has to be, and I, I guess it's, it's a collective bargaining issue. There's really not much you guys can do in the way of paying no. police officers more. That's correct. The yeah. council can either go up or down when the contract is due uh, to us to ratify it as we've had in the past. I mean, just remember, step one of a patrol officer out of the academy, it's $20 and change just to start. Think about that. Mm -hmm. $20 and change to start uh, for what you do and putting your life on the line. Um, 20 and change an hour? That's it. 20 Mm. and change an hour. Yeah. But, I mean, this police union, under the leadership of Evan Bielski and Arthur Haggerty, I mean, they're willing to play ball with the city of New Bedford. They have to. They want to. The New Bedford Police Union, for example, has time and time again, uh, and I confirm this again with the current leadership today, they would absolutely be supportive of body cameras on them um, because they know that it protects the community but also themselves. They've already acquiesced to that in the past. They are supportive of that. Of course, we have to look at funding mechanisms. We could play around with some strategic uh, initiatives through state funds, federal funds. I know Senator Montigny has already committed to assisting us in that search, if that's the path we wanted to go down. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ways to get body cameras on these police I officers. Thought, I, thought, I thought the city had already secured money for that. No, we, we, we secured, I believe, we secured a couple of, it was $300,000 from Representative Cabral mm-hmm. in Earmark. Yeah, a while back. Yeah, and we had we have a little over three hundred thousand from Representative Cabral, okay. but that was to purchase some cameras or to go towards that. But the real money in this market isn't even the cameras; it's the data upload and right. the cloud. You think about it; these things run twenty four seven. Last time I checked with our chief, the the data and the cloud, the cost of the IT and the maintenance would run you about two million dollars a year. That's no short change. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That so that would require some. Uh, but, definitely but it, require some assistance. But, uh, assistance. Be, but you know, again. Um, but 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 going back to you're talking yeah. about body cameras and all that. Is that is that all part of like a tapestry of things that you think would get more police onto the New Bedford Police Force? Because it sounds like you're you know you're saying there's basically two problems here. One, 
um, the condi- like the conditions of employment for a lot of New Bedford police officers aren't really tenable. You're asking people to move to be there for ten years to take less money while doing it, right? And 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 assume a higher risk. You can't really do anything about the pay right now because the the unions negotiating with the city government, which you know is basically Mayor Mitchell. Um, and they have to hash that out themselves, and you guys can approve or deny that contract. So you can't do anything about paying them more right now. Um, so there's two things that you basically you 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 think the city council has control over. One is making the making it easier to be employed as a police officer in New Bedford, and two, um, trying to destigmatize it. I guess like make it like more like saying, hey, listen. You know, here we're acceptive of and appreciative of the job you're doing. Is is that more or less correct? Yeah, I mean that's pretty fair. Um, we do want to make sure that we are fostering an environment where folks want to protect and serve here in the city of New Bedford. We have no problem filling the quotas for firefighters. Um, mm-hmm. It's police officers, and 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 some of it's part of the um, national rhetoric in some ways um, yeah. that uh, that policing is vilified by some folks. Um, Again, I'm going to harp on the fact that if there's a bad police officer, I will, and the city council, and I know the mayor, and all of us in the media, we would call that individual out, expose them, and they would be prosecuted by District Attorney Tom Quinn. There's no doubt about that in my mind. You can do that and still support the men and women of this department. Another, for example, another incentive or lack thereof that we have, you look at a town like Lakeville for quite an example and i'll just provide you with this if someone has a degree like a bachelor's degree for example in the town of lakeville if you come onto the department with a bachelor's degree you get a 20 percent bump in your pay right off the rip as soon as you're tendered an employment offer the, so the, quin, the quinn up. bill basically that's correct yeah so you know that's the thing so um we need to continue to make sure that uh, folks want to come here, they want to work here, and they want to serve here. And that's important to me. Um, you know, folks know that, obviously, I'm all in here in the city of New Bedford. My chips are on the center of the table. I have my children here. I have my family here. And there's 101,000 other friends and constituents of mine who live here who deserve to have a safe environment. And I very, I have very serious concerns about some of these police officers being burned out being forced into overtime, yeah. uh, working double shifts. And, uh, burnout's a real thing. You know that, and I know that. So you have you had any conversations with um, Chief Oliver in particular or members of your, the city council about the things that you're talking about? Like, I, I think the, you know, removing that uh, that residency restriction is, is pretty interesting. Because you guys, I mean, just a couple of years ago, maybe even less than that, doubled down on residency requirements for... Um, for city for city employees, so it looks like you're Correct. looking to re- renege that a little bit. Well, the way it works now for uh, civilian employees, um, if you want to come work in the city of New Bedford uh, and you don't want to live here, you can still be employed here, but you have to take a ten percent decrease in your pay. Um, that's just the kind of way it's worked so far. But again, something like that could even maybe be on the table in the future if, mm-hmm. say, the Unit C issue continues to be a problem hiring folks uh, down the line. I supported the ordinance. Uh, I thought we, you know, uh, the the committee did a good job uh, two years ago when they worked through that. I supported it. It was a unanimous vote. But obviously, ordinances and laws are drafted by humans, and humans are not infallible. And 
I'm, ne- I'm never uh, immune to taking something back and maybe making an amendment here or there if we try something that doesn't work. But as far as the police department goes, yeah, I mean, we've got to take a look at this, I think, and I think it's a point worth noting um, that the 10-year residency requirement, it just doesn't work anymore. It mm-hmm. doesn't, in my opinion. Um, if I had my druthers, I, of course, would want someone to live, work, and play here in the city for which they are, they are employed by. Absolutely. But if that is a deterrent between that and someone either coming to us or going to the Carver Police Department or Taunton or Freetown, then it is what it is, and yeah. let's get it done to get them here. That's my opinion. Um, uh, I know Councilor Gomes filed the motion. That'll be on next Thursday's agenda. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a motion that, uh, in my opinion, is well-placed. Um, uh, and it's a Kickstarter for the conversation. I know we're going to have a public safety committee meeting soon thereafter, and I look forward to seeing where this conversation goes. Um, some of it may have to be an executive session if it's uh, of a collective bargaining nature, if it's of a public safety nature that we don't want to put out there in the public. But nonetheless, the conversation has to be had because this is a very important matter, and it's not going to go away anytime soon unless we address it. So um, we're speaking with City Councilor at Large, uh, Ian Abreu. Um, so, Ian, um, I think we've covered that issue pretty comprehensively, and I appreciate your commentary on it. I think you said some pretty interesting things there. Um, particularly with going back and changing some of the hiring uh, restrictions that that are currently in place. Um, So I'll be interested to see how that moves forward. I want to just ask you about last night, the um, appointments and briefings meeting. Anything of note happened? Anything interesting happened last night in the appointments and briefings meeting? Uh, Nothing really uh, in the sense of like big, um, high-profile matters. We approved a couple of new applicants for the Zoning Board of Appeals. Uh, Jim Clark, a 30-year New Bedford firefighter, um, veteran, and former uh, district chief. So he'll be a great addition to the Zoning Board of Appeals. Uh, We approved an alternate member to the Zoning Board of Appeals, Anisha Savino. Um, We also approved um, several livery licenses here in the city of New Bedford. I know those things aren't like the most uh, headline-grabbing, but those livery license appointments are very important because these are new jobs, new employers coming to the city of New Bedford. So we want to keep that going, and we want to keep uh, industry coming in. So we approved several of those last. Can you night. explain um, what the the livery licenses are? Sure. Uh, per city code, under Plan B, uh, one of the fiduciary responsibilities of the New Bedford City Council is to vote to either ratify or to deny the application of a livery license. Livery, uh, for those who aren't aware means transport, meaning someone uh, providing a service to the community like medical runs, Mm -hmm. airport runs, school transportation, things of that nature. Uh, For them to get a license from the clerk's office, which is overseen uh, by the New Bedford City Council, uh, they have to come before the committee on appointments and briefings for a hearing. They talk about their background. They talk about what they're planning to do, how many folks they're going to hire, their fleet of vehicles, where they're going to park their vehicles, and we then ask our questions, and then we go up and down with the vote. Um, it's actually very important stuff, to be quite honest with you. This yeah, is how is. you build a tax base and create jobs. You just chip away one at a time. So, Ian, um, what about Carol Pimentel's nomination? Was that sent to the committee? I heard there was someone's going to send it out of committee with a uh, recommendation of no further action. Was that, did that happen? Uh, it was sent out last night for no further action to the full New Bedford City Council. Um, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the full council. Um, 
you know, it, it, you know, I, I had my vote. I had my opinion on the matter, but mm-hmm. uh, which was my, my, my opinion was I was a no vote on Miss Pimentel. Nothing to do with her uh, her qualifications. I just I have an issue with the process and how this all went down, and um, we've seen it before, and we'll see it again. The process? Um, what do you mean, the process? Sure. So the process in regard to appointments to boards and commissions, uh, nine times out of ten uh, when we ask somebody, well, how did you know about this? Or how did you find out? It's usually, well, the administration approached us. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But I would like to see probably a little more of a public outreach include, inclusive process where we're educating our residents about boards and commissions, what they do, what their purpose is, how important they are, and educating the folks about openings that we have and to accept these applications to take a look at people based on a whole litany of qualifications. And then the administration and then the city council can siphon through that. Um, You know, I've been on the council for eight years, and I've yet to ever see a social media post, a press release, or anything sent to your station or any workshops talking about we have two park board openings. Here's what it's about. Here's how you can apply. We have a zoning board of appeals opening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd like to see that process opened up a little bit more um, because that's maybe how you can get more folks engaged in city government to see what's going on. So this process was only a problem with Carol. It has, and, and your no vote has nothing to do with her policy, her position on the admissions policy. No, no, not at all. Okay, um, so what, what was the vote on that? Do you, uh, do you know? Was it what five to four, five to five? I believe it was five to four because we have no War Three counselor and Councilor Baptiste was not there. So that uh, makes nine. Okay, all right, thanks, Ian. I, I appreciate your time on this. Um, yeah, no problem. Is I mean, it, again, I, I have no problem. You know, I appreciate anyone who wants to put their name uh, in the ring and, and come forward. Um, and the willingness to serve. I just, you know, I'd like to see the process opened up a little bit more. But that's just my personal opinion. I know everyone else has their other opinions, and uh, but uh, and that's what makes government what it is, right? I was elected to have an opinion, and so is everybody else. Ian, I appreciate your time this evening. Thanks for uh, coming on, sharing your thoughts and, and your opinions with the audience, and looking forward to seeing especially how that uh, conversation on policing uh, moves forward. Uh, before I let you go, any, any SOMO updates? <laughs> You'll be hearing my commercials running probably tomorrow and into the weekend. Oh, great! Uh, with uh, with Phil Paleologus, um, uh, we're doing a a Fat Sunday melasada and sumo syrup pop up at Mont Carmel Church. This oh, cool. Sunday, February nineteenth. This Sunday, the nineteenth, from seven a.m. to ten uh, a.m. So I look forward to seeing everybody down there, and also to one other bit of programming. Though I look forward to being down in Fort Myers in a few weeks for New Bedford Day on Tuesday, March 14th. I'll be there with one of my associates. Um, we'll be selling and giving out samples of Silmo syrup. We'll be right next to Phil Paleologus, and that should be a fun time. I look forward to reminiscing with a lot of uh, former New Bedfordites. That should be a, a really, really fun experience for me and my team, so I look forward to that. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Ian, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Marcus, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Thanks, you too. Bye. All right, I got to take this break. I see some calls on the line. If you're on the line, you can stay on. Um, we'll take your calls at 508 996 1420 WBS. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm Marcus. 
That was City Council at Large in Abreu. We're taking your calls. We're taking your app chat messages. I see we got a little bit of both. So let's start with the phones. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Hello. Hey. It's, hey, it's Jim from the West End. Hey, Jim. I just wanted to touch quickly on what Councillor Abreu said before. It's like um, if we don't have a vested interest in what's going on in our community and people are getting burned out for working overtime. That doesn't do anything to help address the issue of policing and what's going on with that whole front. So that doesn't really do much for us. And, uh, you know, just kicking the can down the road and not paying these people what they're worth, you know, and he was touching on how much they make in an hour. I mean, that's something that was, like, mind-blowing to me. I had no idea that was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to see, like, you know, like when I, I guess I'll follow this a little more closely. There's nothing that me as an individual can do, really, but it's like I just want to see when this is brought to the table with the mayor's office and when this is kind of finalized, what this is going to end up being, because uh, it's concerning, right? Like if, uh, if my kids are going to school here, it's like, I don't want to, uh, you know, not have the policing I need right in the neighborhood right. with everything that's going on. Yeah. So, so, um, so when you said uh, the issue, you meant like the, 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 the pay, the, the compensation, right. That, yeah, that they have so- to collectively bargain for. Right. And then, like, what I'm saying about addressing the issue is just, like, everything that's going on with policing in general. It's like, if we've got these people overworked and underpaid, it's like, that's how, like, people end up not miserable, for lack of a better term. But it's like, that's how people are going to end up not not wanting to have the caring and need that we need to correct the issue with policing in the first place. Like, if people are getting paid what they're worth, that's the first step in a long line of issues that need to be addressed. Absolutely. um, Just to make uh, the uh, trust back between the regular people like me and, and the police, like I, you know, I'm definitely 100% in support of police, um, but everything that's going on in the news, it's like that stuff has to stop, and it starts with just taking care of them, guys. Like, we have to take care of them so that way they can take care of us. And um, So you know, so, um, so when you say uh, the issues that's going on in the news, uh, what do you, so you mean like, you know, you want to support the police, but you're also concerned with like Tyree Nichols and George Floyd? That's- I mean, everybody is right. Like, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to rehash everything that's going on. Like, we all know right. what's going on in the yeah. news. Um, of it's just scary, though. And and that's and that's one in a thousand, and that's one in a million. And there's all mm-hmm. kinds of interactions that go on every day with police that are that are perfectly normal mm-hmm. and great. Um, it's just like I think uh, Councillor Abu touched on that too. It's like if there is somebody that's uh, that something's not up to snuff, then they are going to go just with today's day and age. That seems to be what's going on. And it's like, we got to get body cameras on these people for them. I mean, these guys want to be going home to their families too. Like nobody, I heard somebody say the other day, uh, nobody deserves to die in a traffic stop. And it's like that at home. And it's like, you know, neither and neither do the police. They, they have families, so they don't deserve to die out going to work. Right. Um, that's the bottom line with that. So it's like, but but it really starts with taking care of them, guys. If we can't take care of them, uh, we can't expect them to be on their A game and protecting us. If they have to work double what they, you know, if they're working overtime and they're forced and that kind of stuff, that's going to lead to uh, just a decrease in the effectiveness of what they're even trying to do. So let alone they're spreading thin, like we're talking about that they're understaffed, uh, they're underpaid and understaffed and overworked. So how much of that is going to end up correlating to good policing? And, you know, we just need more of them. We need more of them around. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, yeah, I agree. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Yep. Thank you. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Um, so 
Got some out of chat messages. Um, yeah, someone basically uh, New Bedford. We got one New Bedford resident that I guess doesn't like Ian very much. Most people do, but I guess that's kind of being. Uh, I guess that's you know comes with the territory being a public person. Some people like you, some people don't. But um, I got another New Bedford resident saying. Um, that this is the woke mob's fault. That's a message I'm getting from somebody. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, like that caller just said, um, there's clearly some issues that have been going on. Uh, you know, you saw with Tyree Nichols and George Floyd. Um, no, it's not representative of all the cops that uh, are currently on the job. Most of them are good people. We all know that. But there seems to be, you know... You get these incidents that happen, like Falando Castile or or uh, or Tyree Nichols or George Floyd or Tamir Rice, right? Breonna Taylor, right? And they're it's difficult to one after another try to explain those away, you know. So um, probably, and I think a lot of that just comes down to accountability, right? Because you're always going to have bad people on the job, um, and on any job, um, but if there's a better system of accountability, uh, then then I think people will, might have a more trusting relationship because again, most most police officers are really just trying to do a good job. All right, uh, one more call on the line before we got to take this break. Good evening. Hey, good evening. Uh, I like uh, the counselor. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. He's genuine. He wants to do the right thing. Um, does good um, policing? Okay go along with high-paid police. So what, what I'm saying is if, go to anywhere in the country and, and show me where they have the highest-paid police in yeah. that place any safer. I, and I don't know the answer. Yeah. And that, that's, I think that's the kind of things we need to look at, you know, and that's when you can sell it to people and say, hey, look, if you pay your cop at the low end of the scale, guess what? You get lousy policing. If you buy a better police officer and put them on the street that's equipped, and we treat them well, they're going to produce more for you. That's how it should correlate. I don't know if that's the case, but... Yeah, I, I think um, I think one of the things is, like, you know, they talk about... So we talk about, like, training and, and education and all that, and that stuff's important, but, like, the, the Scorpion team, poli- the, you know, the Scorpion team had all of that sensitivity training and all this other stuff, had all the training, that, all the training under the sun, um, but what they didn't really have was one, uh, um, you know, I think, you know, the sort of the, I think the cultural significance of naming them a scorpion, Team Scorpion or whatever, I think that's something that's probably going to change. Because you don't really, like, police are supposed to serve their community, and scorpions suggest that they're, like, in combat with their community, um, or they're trying to, you know, strike um, their community. Um, The other thing that the scorpion team didn't have for much of their, uh, tenure was any accountability because we're hearing a lot about the scorpion team after this happened and so if you kind of just go about doing whatever you want uh like uh derek chauvin used to do right he had like 17 plaints uh, lodged against him or like the scorpion team used to do then you know eventually people are going to take that power and they're going to run with it so i think accountability is probably the biggest issue yeah I, I would agree with you and i think if you let if you let bad cops continue to be bad cops, that's what kills you. Yeah. That's what kills kills people's respect for them is 
is if kids think that a cop's not going to treat them fairly, then, you know. But I, I think that the Scorpion situation, it's a stupid name. Why are you calling them a name, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to make them sound like thugs? Yeah, <laughs> Let's be honest. right. And then um, have we really got all the information that happened there? You know, you read Scuttlebutt about this one with Cena, one of the girls' boyfriend. You know, and there's, there's just a lot of stuff out there mm-hmm. that hasn't come out yet. Um, and I think that that's a problem with that, that situation. But also, I agree with you, terrible, terrible management, I think, in that, that location. Yeah. Because if, if they had done this to other people, and I don't believe that they took one guy and beat him to death, and that's the first time. They may not have killed anyone. But they certainly beat someone up before. Oh, they 100%. had no shame. They had no shame doing it. They just absolutely went to town on the guy with no impunity. I think they said like, it was fun. I think they said it yeah. was fun on the video. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a game. So, uh, but but I would be interested to hear that if 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 we have the highest paid cops in Massachusetts and there's got to be a town here or a, a city who's paying the cops, is that safer than a town that isn't paying as much? So, yeah, yeah. I think, right. th- thank you for the call. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks. Take care. Um, I think with uh, I don't know if they'll be I don't know if, if that'll be correlative because I don't know what you know you might have some community let's say Duxbury has the highest paid police like I'm not I'm not saying they do but let's say Duxbury has the highest paid police in the uh, in the Commonwealth for for lack of you know for an example like is that going to meet like you know Duxbury's safe for other reasons you know right i'm sure they have a fine police force but they're safe for other reasons you know it's a it's a well-off community and so i don't know if there's a correlation it'd be interesting to find out but uh i gotta take this break we'll we'll continue to take your calls uh 508-996-0500 in your app chat messages we got another app chat from william in new bedford who said ward four resident what's up with Councilor baptiste does he attend any meetings if you're a Ward 4 resident and that's an issue um, that you have with Derek, I suggest you give him a call. Um, I can't speak for Derek. Uh, I know Barry had written a Barry had written an article uh, a couple months ago with the highest with the, the counselors with the least attendance. He was number one. Councilor Dunn was number two, um, and I can't remember who was number three or four going down from there. Um, but uh i you know he was working in boston um but uh I, you'll have to ask derek if you're a ward four resident and you've got an issue with your ward counselor i would suggest giving them a call all right hey i gotta take a break 1420 wbsm can now be heard on 99.5 fm hi i spent all day hearing about the news now is your chance to react to it pick up your phone and call the professionals call chris and marcus now at 508-996-0500 or send a text via app chat on the wbsm app now back to south coast tonight hey welcome back let's go back to the phones good evening hey good evening how are you good how you doing all right um you were talking about what the police mm-hmm. um i know somebody that's a new bedford police officer and he told me, and you can blame it on the judges, that every time they bust, they're not getting paid enough. We were already talking about that. They're not getting paid enough, and they bust some of these people, and then they're out in the streets the next day. They get a wife and kids at home. They're putting their lives on the line, and it just gets sickening. They keep arresting the same guys over and over and over. And they're putting their lives in danger, and they're not getting paid enough. And these judges keep letting these guys back out. So. Oh, I mean, I, I, you know, it's 
whatever their their job is to you know go out and arrest people and then it's, it's our job you know the, it's the lawyers and judges and DA's job to from there I, I mean I don't really you know in, in terms of like letting people go it, it depends on what offense uh, that we're talking about uh, here there's been some pretty I'm not now I know some um, New Bedford cops are lazy. I didn't say that. No, no, I didn't say that. What I'm saying is... I'm saying that. Yeah, I didn't say that. So what I'm saying is... Uh, I don't think locking people up is a is a salute locking people up more and for longer is a solution to police staffing issues. I don't I don't I don't see that as a, a reasonable solution to that. I, I just wanted to make that clear. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, if you know if someone's discouraged that because maybe somebody fell through the cracks, yeah, that that happens, right? Maybe there was a you know maybe there was a Fourth Amendment issue. The, some evidence got suppressed, or maybe this person doesn't have that bad of a record. That well, was I know go. for a fact they've um, caught people with guns and they've been out forty eight hours, probably snitching people out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've had, you know, it, it it depends on the circumstances. Bail bail depends on the circumstances. It depends on, you know, whether or not you, um, it depends on whether or not you, you know, uh, have a record, uh, you know, the nature of the offense, right, uh, if you're yeah. a harm to the community. So, like, you know, they're, it's, again, I don't think that's a... I, I don't think, you know, if, if if a police officer is discouraged because someone they arrested is out on bail, they should be out on Most people should be out on bail. I mean, so. Why, why don't they? Now, obviously, you must have police officers from New Bedford that listen to this station. Why don't they come out here and explain what's going on? They I mean, would know better than anybody else. I mean, I mean, we have we have some police officers that have definitely called into this show. Uh, Hank Turgeon usually calls in once, uh, you know. Pretty regularly, he's the former police well, union president. Call and explain what you know what the deal is. Well, we had the- yeah, we had the police union president on on Friday. A lot of it has yeah. to do with the you know I think it's a difficult job to get into with the heightened scrutiny uh, on on police officers um, and. And uh, I think in New Bedford in particular, it's just they're having issues with with uh, I mean compensation. You know, yeah, they're even cutting their. Forty calibers back down on nine millimeters. The reason why they changed guns is because the nine millimeters weren't accurate enough. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know much about that. I just know, uh, you know, there's some. Collective... I mean, the nine millimeter will still kill you, but I'm just saying that yeah. forty calibers a lot more accurate than a nine millimeter. I'll have to take your, I'll have to take your word on that. But I got to hit this break. I appreciate the call. All right, have a good night. You as well. All right, see some calls on the line. I got to take a break. The WBSM app is everything. Uh, you can hold through the 8 o'clock hour. You can call back when we come back on. But we've got about 30 seconds. I want to give your call the attention it deserves. So those callers, if you want to hold until 8 or call back uh, after the 8 o'clock news, you're welcome to do that at 508-996-0500.